Hello and welcome to the Shock Your Potential podcast. I am your host, Michael Sherlock. Each one of us holds great potential, and tapping into that potential is my passion and my mission. Shock Your Potential is a global leadership training company dedicated to creating positive, productive, and profitable workplaces. We develop, nurture, train, and guide leaders at all levels and at all points in their career. Through this podcast, I get to interview amazing leaders who are shocking their own potential and the potential of those around them. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com and shockyourpotentialpodcast.com. And don't forget to check out my two best-selling books, Tell Me More, How to Ask the Right Questions and Get the Most Out of Your Employees, and Sales Mixology, Why the Most Potent Sales and Customer Experiences Follow a Recipe for Success. Join us now as we meet another great guest. And don't forget, subscribe, rate, and like us today. Hello and welcome to another episode of Shock Your Potential. And my guest today, we're going to have so much fun because I'm also going to pick his brain a lot on his YouTube channel. So we're going to just call him Brendan from Master Talk, but I'm going to give it Brendan one try. Kumarasamy. Did I, how did I do? You got it. You got it. 10 out yes. of 10. All right. And my listeners know that I basically screw up everybody's name all the time, no matter how much I try and practice beforehand, but at least I give it an effort. (laughs) That's what counts. Well, Brendan, you have an amazing YouTube channel called Master Talk. You've got over 3,000 followers, um, 3.1 that I looked maybe a little bit earlier today. And I was watching a couple more of your clips because they're, I really enjoy them. You've got great editing. The whole uh, everything is really nicely put together. But uh, for somebody who's just meeting you right now for the first time, tell us a little bit about yourself and your business and, uh, and how you help people to shock their potential. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great way of phrasing the first question there, Michael. But yeah, so so on my end, my name's Brandon. I make YouTube videos on public speaking. And how I got started was when I was in university, I used to do these things called case competitions. So think of it like professional sports, but for nerds. So while other guys my age were, I don't know, playing football or something or eating chicken wings, I'm still eating those same you know, chicken wings. But instead of watching or playing sports, two of which I am not well equipped for, I would watch other people present and give presentations in the business world. And that was my life for three years, presented hundreds of times, coached dozens of people on public speaking. And then I joined the corporate world after I graduated. But after I did that, I started working. I just asked myself a philosophical question about a life, which is, is that all I'm going to do? Is there something more to my life? And that's when the idea mm-hmm. for Master Talk came to be, because I realized a lot of the content on communication was frankly horrid on YouTube. So I started making <laughs> videos on it. My mother's basement. And here we are today. Are you still in your mother's basement? Yes, I am. 10 four. <laughs> I, love it. I love the honesty, man. <laughs> of course, I'm out a mattress right now. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You know, it's um, when uh, you were sent my way by a fellow podcaster, who knew that I would enjoy talking with you. And it was so fun when I first went on and took a look at your YouTube channel and I was listening to you because long, long ago, in my very first entrepreneurial adventure, I started a training company, much like I do today, but you know, I didn't have all my background and experience, nor did I have, you know, 
I couldn't live in my mother's basement to fund it at the time, unfortunately. <laughs> and uh, although that would have been great. But my very first um, seminar that I did was called Away With Words. And so I had, you know, like 30 people in a room and I said, you know, they were all here to become more comfortable public speaking in their jobs. But what's really funny is so I've always enjoyed it. I love talking. I love speaking. Um, love training. But what was really funny is the day before my business partner and I um, sent out our first run of brochures, because in those days you actually made printed three, you know, they were trifold brochures and, and we sent them out in the mail. We were having lunch at this uh, uh, Chinese restaurant and uh, I opened up my fortune cookie and my fortune cookie, I kid you not, I still have this hanging on my wall. My fortune said, you have a way with words monopolize it. And I went, there is the universe telling me something. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. It was, it was, it was amazing. And it is, you know, today still people are, um, you know, I mean, I work, I, I'm in the world of speakers. So, you know, you've got people who speak for a living, but it's interesting to me how many people aren't really comfortable with it. So I can see, you know, how your, what you're trying to tell people and your tips are probably really driving some people to new levels of confidence that they might not have had before. So do you get a lot of like direct feedback from people? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's what's interesting about being a quote unquote, I guess, influencer, if that's the right terminology, in the sense that it's a double edged sword. You have people who go, you suck. And I'm just like, why? I just make videos in my mother's basement. And then you have the other side, which is, oh, Brenda, you've changed my life. And you're kind of just there sitting in between them, both of these paradigms. And you're thinking what to make of it. But of course, if you're the smart one in the room, which I'm sure is the case, you would focus on the positive rather than the negative. So I do get a lot of that. And it's it's always humbling for sure. It is hard though. I'll tell you the first time I actually had, I've only had a tweet go viral once and I totally did not mean it to. I was just making a comment on something else and I got pulled in just right at that moment of, you know, where everybody else was on board. And I'll tell you, I never want anything to go viral again. It was horrible. <laughs> you know, and the thing is 99% of all the comments were positive, but that 1% that was negative was horrible. Oh yeah. Finally, I'm like, just stop. You gotta stop looking at these things. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty bad. Uh, so when you look back on your career thus far, what's the most important professional lesson that you have learned yourself that has helped you to shock your potential? Yeah, I think for me, Michael, it's been this idea of being more insane. Like my favorite quote of all time is be insane or be the same. And I felt if I had known that earlier in life, it would have been easier. So let me give context for people who are listening. If you're trying to do something different, but you always act like everyone else, you're only going to achieve the same result as everyone else. But if you start to make decisions that only make sense to you, I mean, think about me. I started coaching C-level executives when I was 23. I started YouTube when I was 22. And, you know, I have very successful coaching practice, but I also live in my mother's basement. I don't own a car and I'm sitting on a mattress right now. So I think the idea is none of these decisions make sense because most people would just go, you're not, you're not, you don't have the age or the experience to coach, even if I did have the experience. You, Why are you still living in your mother's basement? You could just afford like a nice house now so like what's wrong with you so all of these weird decisions but if i would start if i started being more insane like when i was 14 or 12 i'd probably be a lot more successful than i am today well i think you've already proven that you can be successful and at a young age so there's just nothing but up which is fantastic 
But I, you know, I think that's a great point is, you know, I mean, everybody has to take their own path. There's no one right way. And if you are impacting people and you're having a positive impact on them, it doesn't matter how many years you have behind that, you have people behind that. And, and every day we deal with human beings. We're human beings who deal with human beings. And if you can positively impact even one human being, my God, we've all done something good. Absolutely. Totally agreed. <laughs> so uh, if you, knowing what you know now kind of thing, that I'd love to ask this question. So if you could go back to any point in time to the younger Brendan and tell him anything that would have, you know, pushed him, shocked his potential farther, faster, or kept him on the same path besides maybe starting this at 14. And maybe that's it. What, what would you tell him? When, when did you go back and what would you say to him? Yeah, I would say besides the whole insanity thing, which I think is something everyone should be taking to the bank because it's going to be really useful or else you're just going to do what everything everyone else expects you to do. But the other side of the equation is listening to podcasts earlier in life. So I started listening to this podcast called The School of Greatness by Lewis Howes. He's a top 100 show in the world when I was 19. But the magic of podcasts, like this very conversation that we're having, is it's a beautiful, optimized opportunity for people to listen to you to see if you add value to people. So let's say you're, an, you're a viewer, you're listening to somebody like me speak right now. And after an hour, you go, this guy is full of it. Like he has no value to add. This is a waste of time. At least they don't have to go waste their time reading a book of mine or watching a video because they know I don't add value. But what's mm -hmm. great about this medium is that you can figure out the people that you really can stick with really quickly. So in the same eight hours that you can read a single book, now you can listen to 20 different people, 10 different people and say, I like person A and person C, and I'm going to dive into those people. So if I started listening to shows when I was you know, 15 or 16, when the podcasting really started to take off, I'd probably have a lot more in my head and a lot more ch interesting choices to make. So that's one thing I would have changed. That's a really great way to look at it. You know, um, and even when I started my podcast, because I started it four years ago this coming January, you know, in the beginning, I don't know that I knew why I had a podcast. You know, I think I just thought I needed to. You know, I've got a book. I was going to have another book come out. I'm a speaker. I'll have a podcast. Now, the great thing is for me, it actually brought me business because people would listen to me and go, hey, we do want to have her speak or, you know, come train our company. But I was kind of not necessarily lost. I started to get better at it and I got better at who I invited and how I asked people. And, you know, now I have people that, you know, are coming to me. I don't have to hardly go out and find anybody anymore, which is amazing. Um, but now that I see it as these really great conversations, every time I get done talking with somebody as my guest on my podcast, I'm like, wow, how else can I keep this connection alive with this person? How can I help it make me better? Who did I like? Now, sometimes they, they're not good. And one time I actually had a guest that not only was he so bad, but he was, he was very odd. And I, when he came back later and said, Hey, when's my podcast episode? <laughs> when is it going to air? I said, um, I can't what find podcast episode. <laughs> Who are you? I totally lied. And I said, I can't find the tape. You're like, I what's totally the podcast? Lied. I know. I was like, this is terrible. But to your point, he added no value to my podcast. There was no point in putting him on air. He would have only incited people's anger. And I'm like, no, nope, mm -mm, not going to do it. <laughs> I respect you for that. I love that. <laughs> now I screen a little bit better. <laughs> yeah, clearly, cheers. Have you been on any other shows? No. Why? Oh, okay. 
exactly. Uh, exactly. You know, so when, um, you know, I was asking you right before we started taping about your YouTube following because it's it's really phenomenal. So you haven't had the YouTube channel for very long, but you have great following. How did you build it that quickly? Yeah, absolutely. So so the secret, you're sort of joking, I say bot followers, which isn't the case. <laughs> but but the, the truth is, is the goal with YouTube, especially YouTube or any other long form content that you want to make, is you always need to start with the end first. What's the goal? What's the intention with the show? Because if you don't have the intention, you're probably not going to stick very long. So one one way that I do to vet people is to say, if you're not willing to do it for a decade, you probably shouldn't do it at all. That's my opinion on content creation mm -hmm. anyways. So for me, when I started Master Talk, I didn't have this grander plan or this mission, but you know, I wanted to show up for my audience every week. So I just took a phone out. I said, Hey, what's up? I'm Brendan. But I showed up every week and I was horrendous. I was terrible. And if you don't believe me, go watch my, my older stuff. But <laughs> gradually over time, what started to happen is people would come up to me and they would say, Hey, Brendan, this public speaking thing, I think you're onto something. And I was like, really? I thought it was a stupid idea. But then after 10, 15 people came up to me, that's when I realized I had a market and more specifically a dream and a vision for what the YouTube show could be. So I'll give mm -hmm. you the thesis and then we can talk about specific tactics. Dale Carnegie was born in the wrong time period of history, Michael, in the sense oh, that, wow. you know, he taught public speaking, he was this great expert but we don't know what he sounds like. We don't really know how he speaks. We just have a book and that's unfortunate, but we live in a time period or me specifically anyways, where, or for both of us actually, where the cost of production has gone down to zero. So if there's something important that you have to share, even after you die now, there's going to be a knowledge bank that can last forever provided the content is good enough. So I kind of saw myself as that modern day Dale Carnegie because I realized that nobody else in the sector or the industry was generous at all with their information because you know how much speech coaches make they make a killing mm -hmm. so they need like mm -hmm. 15 clients and they're that's it so when i started getting success i was just like well do i stop making videos of course not like there's people who can't afford me i gotta start making videos for them so from that vision from that intention now we ask ourselves what's my day-to-day -day actions what do i need to do day-to-day -day? so the secret to getting your first thousand is messaging two thousand people Ooh, like it's not some uh, ad campaign. It's can you please subscribe to the YouTube channel? Can you please? And I did that for like a month. I got lucky and I added, well, not lucky, but I added a lot of value to people over the years. So I, I garnered up a quick, because I already had that community, the people who already believed in me and trusted whatever I did because of that personal brand. And then after I hit a thousand, I just started inventing creative ways. But I think what most people seem to forget with YouTube or any social media is the followers that you have, I know it's weird for somebody my age to say that, doesn't matter. The number of followers you have just doesn't matter. If you have yeah. no authority, like right. who cares if you have 3,000 followers? So my advice is to win people over one by one. That's why I've guested on over, what, 200 shows now as of today? Like I just mm -hmm. go, like go one on, even if there's two people watching, those are two real people. And you have to constantly engage people all the time and always be. So another thing I'll say is too many people focus on content creation. And that is important, especially if your content is bad. But if your content is really good, the only thing left to do is to promote the hell out of it. Like to everybody you know, to everyone who needs it, and to ask people who send you great messages to reply with a voice recording and say, hey, can you share with me? So it's really one-on-one -on -one hustle. Oh, that's really good. Yeah, that's really good. 
I mean, you have so many great points in there. And it's interesting because, uh, like I told you too before we started taping, is that, you know, we're going through a complete rebrand of my whole company. So we are rebranding everything. And we launched an app um, so that because prior to COVID, 95% of my business income came from me getting on an airplane and traveling somewhere in the world to speak and train. That obviously changed. So now, you know, people, I know they want my training, so we put it in the app. But we're, the way we're using the YouTube channel is really, really interesting. And uh, so we've been revamping it. We've changed it. We put it into the business name, not under my name. And uh, we had, I think at the beginning of August, we had like 25 followers. And today we hit 300. <laughs> and so we've been working on a strategy. We still have a lot of pieces to go. Um, we have daily content now, Monday through Friday. And then we have other things too. So um, there's other pieces of that. So we can see the strategy. I can see it outlining. But, you know, to your point about just, I mean, I asked my friends, finally, the other day, I put it out on my face, just my personal Facebook. I'm like, to my friends, I'm like, look, I know I've been asking a lot of you guys lately, but could you all go on and subscribe to my damn YouTube channel? Because I need to hit 300. I got like five of them. <laughs> see, see, that's where I, see, I, so let's say I was coaching right now. I would say you got to message them one by one, one by one. Oh. One by one. Well, then I'm thinking about my 17,000 followers on LinkedIn because I mean, it might take me a while, but there you go. But that's the, you'll hit 10K like that. Exactly. Yep. I think this it's a great strategy. See, this I've been able to bring you on as a guest and then pick your brain. Free training for Michael. <laughs> I love it. Um, so I know. Um, well, how, let me let me ask you this. You know, when you go on all these, and I think it's brilliant too, because I I do a lot of other podcasts. I'm starting to do a lot more um, uh, network media um, interviews, which I love. But you know, when you come on a on a podcast like this, what what do you want to achieve? So obviously, you want followers. But what else? You know, what's a great outcome for you when you? Because a lot of my followers, so I have a kind of an interesting mix of followers. You know, on with the podcast, but I have a lot of them that are entrepreneurial, either in spirit or in actuality. So some want to be their own boss. Some, you know, are already and and at varying degrees of success. But I always try and get people to think about what do you want to accomplish. So therefore, what you're doing. So when you come on this, you know, what's what's a great end result for you? Right, and I think that's an excellent question. And it's going to vary for sure based on who it is and what content they're providing. But in my case, because my content is communication, I want to be the bridge to everybody. So for me, the outcome is simple. Convince the maximum amount of people who are listening to me to understand the value of communication and public speaking, and I want to learn it for free. Right. So for me, it's it's a very different strategy in this because I know a lot of people come on shows like to get clients, things like that. And obviously, that's nice. It's not a bad thing to do. That's, that's something I've had success with as well. But I think the idea is the following. What can I add as value that nobody else can? So people want to see more. People want to hear more from me. I think that's really the secret outcome or the real outcome that anyone should be striving for. And one thing to help your viewers think about this is what does value even mean? I know we talk a lot about, oh, we got to give value to people. we got to add value here. My definition of value is tell me something I don't already know. So whenever a podcaster asks me a question, I never say things like never give up. I only say things that I believe no other guest that has ever been on the show has said. So, for example, nobody says be insane or be the same. 
or topics related to communication. Nobody says the stuff that I say. And the more you do that, in other words, what I'm trying to say is the more insane you become, the more controversial you become. But the more controversial you become, the more your unique insights become. Your insights become unique. And the more unique your insights become, the easier it is to attract an audience. And I'm sure you're familiar with Seth Godin. He's like the number one example of that. He literally has a book called Purple Cow, right? So it's a way to be different. (laughs) I love it. And it is so true because it's, you know, and that's what I always talk about in, you know, kind of the shock principles of my shock, your potential is the S is for stand out. How do you stand out? And are you authentic? Because you have to be authentic in it. You can't try to be somebody else. I mean, you can, but it's not going to be, it's not going to work for you in the long term. You have to show up and be who you are at your heart. And uh, if you do and you stand out, you will be remembered. And I always say to people, you know, yes, I have blue hair and you may think this is so I stand out. Well, it is partially. But you know what's funny about having blue hair or whatever hair color my hair is because it changes all the time is that it disarms people. So people will walk across a room to tell me they love my hair. That would never say that any other time. They'd have no other reason. Even if they, I was speaking on the stage, you know, there's those people that might, you know, walk out the door and go, hey, that was really good. But something about this makes people walk up and go, hey, I really like that. That was really great and helpful. And it disarms them. And it's it's one of those things that, you know, I have embraced the power of. I started doing this five years ago and I had I just did it because I was in a midlife crisis. <laughs> That's really smart, actually. I love that, Michael. Thanks for that. I'm learning now in this show. <laughs> That's great. But, if, you know, the more that we disarm people um, or be controversial, you know, like in your case, I mean, there's lots of different ways to do it. But the whole key is, are you remembered? Mm. I'm with you. Mm. Absolutely. Deep. That's pretty deep for a Friday <laughs> afternoon. <laughs> I have a pretty dark way of actually doing this because people are listening to us right now and saying, oh, okay, this is great. Michael got blue hair. Hallelujah. And Brendan's sitting on a mattress. So how do I apply this to my life? Here's an exercise. But I guarantee you 99% of listening, people are listening, won't do it. The exercise is write your own funeral speech. You're in a casket and your sister, your brother, your mother, your father, your family is reading what you wrote. What do you want that letter to say? So I wrote that letter when I was 20. So that gave me a lot of clarity over the next, you know, however long I'm going to live. I hope to live a long time, but you never know. And then from that clarity, I just said, I always thought that money was important growing up as a kid because I never had any. And once I started making money, I just said, no, the only thing that matters is to create something that will last forever, right? That can be useful to people. And I can't solve all problems in society. I'm just a, a dude in a mother's basement, but public speaking is my problem to solve because nobody else in my industry is doing it. So if everyone just picked one problem to solve based from that, their own letter, their own experiences as humans, the world would just be an infinitely better place. Oh, amen. You know, I, yeah, it's really good. I always talked about people, you know, figuring out what you want to achieve and then you kind of build backwards, but you're right. I mean, what, what, what do you want? And then, then I ask people, what do people say about you when you're not in the room? You know, what are the things they say behind your back? But I think that's even more concise. What if you were gone tomorrow and you were going to write your eulogy, what would you want that to say? Because right. it isn't always in line with how we always operate. Hundred percent. It actually, I, I would argue, it never is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Wow, that's deep. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> 
independent. My goodness, we're gonna get, we're gonna solve all the world's problems today. Right. Who, who else uh, says that on podcasts, right? Going back to the value. Exactly, absolutely, and it's you know I um I had somebody on a couple of weeks ago, and they had never been on a podcast, which surprised me because I was like, how have you never been on a podcast? They're like a public speaker, and she was so nervous. And I said, I go, look, here's the thing that people always tell me, and I'm not bragging about myself. I'm just being honest. Whether they've done no podcast before or a million podcasts, every time we get done, somebody goes, God, that was fast. That was so easy. I didn't even remember we were taping things. And I'm like, then that's when I've done it right, when it's truly a conversation. Because we're so lost in you know just talking with each other, but sharing really important thoughts and ideas, and we're ruminating and we're building that you know that we get there and so it was funny because we moment we got done with the podcast she goes wow that went so damn it i did it too <laughs> she goes it did go fast i didn't i did forget what we were doing <laughs> <laughs> oh i'm in the swear mode today i think i've said a bad word twice oh well I, i've said worse not on the air though well, Brendan, we're going to have all of your contact information in the show notes, but if somebody obviously needs to find you right now and they can't wait and they just got to look you up, what's the best way for them to find you? Yeah, absolutely. So so the best way to, to reach me is probably my YouTube channel, just master talking one word. If you want to send me a message directly, the best place to do that is probably Instagram. So I have master your talk. So feel free to send me a question, concern, insult, comment, uh, anything you want. I'm always, always happy to, to learn. Please don't insult you. That would, be, I don't want any more. We need nicer people in this world. <laughs> you never know who's watching, I guess. <laughs> That's true. Luckily, not my, my people aren't too cranky, but you know, there might be a couple here and there. Well, I can't believe again, how fast time does fly. Look, I even say it myself. So before we go, do you have any last words of wisdom or pearls of advice to share with my listeners and viewers? Yeah, for sure. I thought maybe I should probably share something about public speaking. So uh, I would say one one tip that you could do every day that's simple is called the random word exercise. So every day when you wake up, take five words and just pick those words randomly in your house and make presentations out of them. And if you can talk about hippos for a minute, I'm happy to demonstrate if you want. You can go to any subject or anything that you're an expert in, and then all of a sudden that presentation suddenly becomes a joke. So it changes the way that you think about presentations and public speaking. So take five minutes every day, do it for a year. You'll have done the exercise almost 2000 times. You'll be a world-class speaker in no time. Wow. So yeah, no, I'd like to have an example. Go ahead. Pick a word. Uh, let's see. Pickles. Sure. <sighs> you know, some foods in the world have a peculiar taste, not pizza, because we all seem to agree that it tastes fantastic. Not cheese, though a little bit creamy. Or not French fries, because we can all agree that French fries are pretty good and crunchy. But pickles are this odd food that is probably the most controversial food on earth, where some people go, I absolutely love pickles, and other people go, like me, why was this in my burger? <laughs> pickles, despite how fun, excited, and different they are, have changed the way that our taste buds have felt throughout millennia whether it's the pickles in your sandwich to the pickles in your hamburger to even just a pickle in your fridge that you pull out and drop for a snack. That's why in this week's episode, we're going to be talking about the history of pickles, why pickles matter and why and whether or not pickles are for you. So anyways, 
the point that I'm driving here is never compare yourself to me. <laughs> you gave me a hard one there, but I think the idea is I've done this exercise like two, 3,000 times. I'm like a slave on podcasts. Yeah. And you go, we want you to do it. I go, okay, yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> but if you start doing it four or five times a day, your mindset around public speaking will change. Because obviously I'm not an expert on pickles. I just went for it. So when you go back to communication tips, you know, and other podcasters ask me about that, it's a lot easier for me to answer because that's my subject matter expertise. So do the harder thing first. And then when you go to the easier thing, it becomes easy. Yeah, I didn't watch that video yet on your YouTube channel, but I saw it about the apple. So pick a word like apple and figure it. And I was like, oh, and that would be so good. And the reason I picked pickles is when we're done, I'm going to be making a couple jars of pickled jalapenos. So uh, one of my favorite things from my garden. So you did it. great with pickles. Thank you. <laughs> uh, Brendan, it's been a pleasure to have you. I'm so glad that we have been connected. And uh, it has just been a joy to have you as a guest today. Of course, Michael. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Shock Your Potential. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and like our podcast. And for more information, find us at shockyourpotential.com and shockyourpotentialpodcast.com.